welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, this is the last one for the Tour de France 2020. And before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to the podcast on this on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Good morning, good morning, good morning. And uh, I feel like I've just blinked. Good morning. And the tour it's 1 has ended. Good morning. It's 1 p.m. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not morning. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've blinked. Yeah. You know, I just... blinked at the start, stage one in Nice. Remember, rain soaked roads and yep. suddenly like that. It's it's a relief, isn't it? Yeah. To get this one done. Do you know what? I, I, I never thought it would not happen, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah. Well, we talked about it, but uh, yeah. I thought if ASO is starting this thing, it's going to go to Paris. Oh, no, once no it matter started, what. Once it no started, I was reasonably confident. Mm-hmm. I think we all were by then. But you think back to March, May. <laughs> yeah, yeah May. we were. You know, we, you know, you you were giving me your negativity thoughts on, on WhatsApp. And... <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I am no. not the one with the negative one. Uh, well, I think we were all. Everyone was doing gloom back yeah. in May. <laughs> so no, but it's good. It's it's, it's so good to get it under. So good, good to get it done, and what a great race it was. It absolutely, will be one for the ages. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, stay tuned because. Uh, in the middle of our chat, we, we, we will have a longer chat with uh, Richie Port. So, yeah, nine years ago, you were yelling for Cadell, and uh, thanks so much for roaring for Richie. I, I really appreciate the, the support and everybody getting behind me. Um, you know, us Aussies, we're, we're a tough breed, and uh, hopefully you can get back into a sleep routine now that uh, this race is over and done with tonight. Uh, Richie Port, he was in transit to Paris in a bus, so that's just before the, the last stage. Uh, but we were lucky enough to have a, to spend a, a bit of time with him, uh, and Richie was just uh, so chill. I think I don't think I've, I, I've seen him that chill, uh, but he knew he was on the podium. That's coming up a bit later on in the po- uh, in the podcast. Right now, let's talk about the man Pogastar. That's how I'm calling this uh, <laughs> this podcast. Pogastar. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Pogachar is the star. Of yes. 2020. Yeah, he is. He, for a number of reasons, you know, one, his age, two, the way he races. Um, yeah, and, and I think, look, I just think when you go back through the history books, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about the great history of cycling and it, I look back at it all and we'd heard it, we'd heard he's going to be the youngest one, you know, since ever or since this amount of years. And I thought, no, I need to actually look properly at this mm-hmm. and see exactly where he sits, um, because Lauren Fignon, who won the great Frenchman who won two two, as he was really young when he won his first one. I think he was twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and but let's not talk about eighty nine. Yeah. We said not eighty nine. No eighty nine. No, no, I didn't go there. Didn't go there. Um, but Pogacar well, right. is the second youngest ever. That, that ironically, the the youngest one was on the second edition. Yeah, he was nineteen years of age, and he won on his debut as well. Back in 1904, it's, yeah. it's mind-boggling. <laughs> you know, it is, it is absolutely mind-boggling but, uh, in it, this era. Well, it, it is, it is. But also having someone this young doing it right now, it's mind-boggling as well. Yes. Because, you know, like Mark, I think Mark Renshaw said this yesterday in the, in the coverage, 
Pogacar is winning the biggest bike, ra bike race in the world at the time where most riders at this generation were turning pros or semi-pros. Yeah. You know, 21 years yes. old, they were turning semi-pros. You were starting your careers. I, He's at the top of it already. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, if I can just digress slightly, my error, a lot of us turned pro when we were 22, 23. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think, my first year as a pro, and I remember a director saying to me, oh, how old are you? And I said, you know, 22 or 23, however old I was. And he went, oh, you're a baby. Plenty mm -hmm. of time, plenty of time. <laughs> Pogacar's just won the tour. Exactly. Well, he's 22 now. He's just He, he celebrates his 22nd birthday on, today. on Monday. Today. 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 Yeah, today. Yeah. So, but it's, it is, you can talk about it until the cows come home. Yeah. It's still mind-boggling. Do you know what was cute? Uh, it's, his parents were there. Uh, oh, on cool. the podium, oh, they, I missed they, that. I missed uh, that. So they were there on the podium, and the mum was taking photos. And I thought the mum is taking photos, but your son is going to be on every newspaper in your country anyway. <laughs> Why? Like you know, it's good. It's, it's cute. It's well, cute. She's but, close up. She yeah. got the close up pick. Um, and look, you know, the other thing, a country of two million people. Yeah, yeah. And now the first and second step on the podium. This is what it will do for a nation. Mm -hmm. What it will inspire young kids, you know, not just to become cyclists. I think there'll be a lot that want to do that, yeah. young boys and girls, but just other sports and say, wow, we can be something. Yeah. We can do something. And uh, wow, it's, it's sensational. But for perspective, two million is half the population of Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, it it's is. It's whole half country. the yeah, it's a whole country, half the population of Melbourne. They've got the two the two biggest stars of cycling at the Tour de France on the, the top the top of the podium. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And uh, look, I can say I've I've been to Slovenia. I raced there a couple of times over the years. Rode their national tour many years ago. It is a beautiful country, mm -hmm. as in visibly, it is just a beautiful country. Um, so they've got it all. They've got a beautiful country. They've got the Tour de France winner. <laughs> they've done a lot. Yeah. Let's listen to Tadej Pogacar. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's really crazy. Even if I would not uh, win, even if I would uh, come second or last, wouldn't matter. It, uh, it would be still nice to be here. But this is just uh, the top of the top. Uh, I cannot describe this feeling uh, with the words. Who did you think about all day uh, wearing that uh, yellow jersey on your shoulders? Uh, today was a uh, very special, special moments with my uh, teammates. Uh, finally, some talk, uh, time to talk with them on the bike, uh, not just going full gas every day. And uh, yeah, uh, a lot of uh, respect for all the riders, uh, everyone. I think every single one of them congratulate me today. And uh, I really, really thankful. Uh, this this sport is really amazing. You're going to be 22 tomorrow. This is an anticipated birthday present, the best possible birthday present. Yeah, I guess uh, that would be it, uh, the best birthday present. Uh, so yeah, but um, I'm not really a fan of uh, my birthday, so. So that was the winner of the Tour de France 2020, Tadej Pogacar. Um, in terms of the, the Aussies, uh, Richie Porte, of course, big, 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 big highlight uh, in this Tour de France. We'll talk about him in, in a sec. Caleb Ewan, he had a good tour. Yeah, he had a fantastic tour. I mean, there were Yes, less... he didn't win in Paris. No. But it almost doesn't overshadow anything. No. He's had a great tour. No, and I saw, I saw or listened to a little comment. He's not... 
you know, yeah, of course he was disappointed. He would have loved to have win on the Champs. He got sort of got balked or boxed a bit at the end there. You could see on, the, on that aerial mm-hmm. shot that they, they, you know, they tracked them in the last kilometre and he, he just got a bit shunted back. But there were less opportunities for the sprinters this year compared to last year. Last year, he didn't win his first stage until stage 11. He mm-hmm. got he won the second stage this year. We were jumping for joy, weren't we? We weren't beauty. We've only got two Aussies. We At least we're going home with something. Little did we know, he'd go on and win a second one and we'd have one on the podium. So the strike rate for the Aussies yeah. this year. And Caleb takes his tally to five in two years. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to Caleb Ewan straight after the stage in Paris. Yeah, obviously it's not the not the result we wanted, but uh, yeah, you know it's always a tricky sprint this one, and sometimes you get caught out, and we got caught out a little bit today, a bit too far back. But we had limited guys, so we had to we had to take a bit more risk, you know, sit in the in the wheels a little bit more, and you know when you take those risks, then you know sometimes you get swamped, sometimes you get boxed in, and that's what happened today, and we got a little bit boxed in, we got a bit too far back, and and we couldn't get out really uh, soon enough. So happy about the tour? Yeah, for sure, you know. Like, Two stage wins, you know, it's my my fifth uh, win for the team in the in the tour. So uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, you know, I think I think we've done a really good job, especially you know we're down to to six guys from the start and then five guys after you know a few more days. So uh, I think we uh, we overachieved for, for what we had here. That's Caleb Ewan. Yeah, it's just summarizing the fact that yeah, you, you can't win every race you, you enter, mm. and but you you go with the mindset of winning a race. So do you think he's disappointed? Because he really eyed in on, on, on this Parisian stage, or that's going to blow away very, very, very quickly? Disappointed, but it'll blow away pretty quickly. Yeah. He, he, I saw a picture of him, I think, on the plane heading back to Monaco, and he had champagne in the hand with his wife. They look pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think he's over it. <laughs> he's already blown away. No, yeah. no I, I think so. I think you can't. If he if he had not have won a stage this year, yeah, mm-hmm. he would have been bitterly disappointed. I would have thought if yeah. he hadn't then have won on the Champs, but he's won two. He knows, you know, it, it, it's uh, what's the word? It's um, swings and roundabouts, yeah. you know. And he he um, he got off the swing twice and, and took two stages, so he's had a good one. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about uh, the rest. Primoz Roglic, how hard do you think, talking about the uh, mental aspect of it, mm. how hard this will be for him to bounce back? Because let's, let's for people that are just joining in, he was leading the general classification until the last stage, which was uh, against the clock, a uh, time trial, Planche de Belfi. He got the jersey properly ripped out of his shoulders by Pogacar, his countryman, younger countryman. Uh, there's a lot, a lot that could play on his mind, mm. you know, and his team as well, his position in the team. Yeah. How hard would that be for, for him, for Roglic to actually bounce back on this? Yes, it'll be, it will be a tough pill to swallow, no doubt. He looked like, and I know this is all, you know, it's a snapshot, but the picture on the podium, he genuinely looked happy, you know, which I, I like to see that, you know, that, that you're allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to be crying on the podium and be upset and there's nothing wrong with that. But also, it's, I think the true character of an athlete is when they can stand there and say, well, I was beaten by a better person. Yes, I'm disappointed, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm going to celebrate my position. So I think there's a bit of both. I think he's a pretty level-headed guy. He doesn't give us much. And to be really harsh, sometimes his interviews are a little bit boring. But I think he's a genuinely nice person, a good mm-hmm. person. So good people bounce back. You know, okay. he's strong-minded. Um, the question marks 
uh, I think there's a couple of questions around this. One is the the science of cycling, and and what we've seen in the last few years in some of these Grand Tours is you have to get your measurements right. And what I mean by that is, remember Simon Yates in the Giro d'Italia was it last year? He was in or two years ago. Sorry, he was phenomenal, winning stages, blasting them in the first two weeks. He was blasting them, and then Chris Froome who never looked like winning, did that mind-boggling attack yep. in the third week, deep in the third week. And the Giro is known to be brutal in the third week. Simon Yates, he lost 20 seconds on one on the first day, but the cracks appeared and then he just capitulated. Mm-hmm. He barely finished inside the top 10. I'm not sure if he did or he did, but you know, he looked, what I'm saying is two weeks in, he was winning. It yep. wasn't like, it was by how much. And then he capitulated. Now, Roglic didn't, capitulate completely he did in the tt you could mm-hmm. say a little bit yep. he still finished fourth by the way in the stage mm-hmm. so it wasn't yeah it wasn't a complete capitulation but he just fell off the cliff didn't he and you you know it's it, hindsight's a wonderful thing but we can we sit here now we can look back you and i as, as commentators and other commentators will and they'll say should they have maybe just not pushed that hard here should they have or should he have done this or like w- would you say they've taken the jersey too early uh, because then they, they had to defend it. Um, yeah, Rich. Well, Richie Poor, we will hear from him mm-hmm. and whether or not it is in the, the, the sample of the interview that we show. He talks about, and we know this, you know, wet the protocol of when you've got yellow jersey, the interviews that you have to do, drug control that is required every single day because cycling is so strict, um, which is great in, in that aspect. But when you are leading or you're the yellow jersey, every day you get drug tested. Every day you have to do interviews. Every day there's a protocol. There's a podium. That takes mm-hmm. at least one hour. One hour extra of your day. On some of those occasions, Richie Port, he's on the massage table already. Yeah. But he said this in an interview, which we listen in, in a sec. He says uh, Tour de France are often worn in bed. Yes. And not on the bike. Yeah. Classic. So, And that, that comment, I love that because that comment has been around for about 40 years, probably longer. You know, it's been it's been around as long as I can remember being in love with cycling, and it's so true. Nothing has changed. You know, it's so. Look, you you're right. So back in short, maybe you're right. Maybe he did take the yellow early, but what do you do? Yeah, you don't not take it at the time. You you, you can grab thirty seconds. It could be the thirty seconds that makes the difference over your rivals. I'm just saying this because I remember at the time when he took it from uh, from Yates from the yeah. shoulders of Yates, we were saying, why does he not wait until, you know, the, the rest day? Where did he take it? Just before the rest day. Just, just before, before the rest, the rest day. day. And, yeah. and we just went, okay, why does he not wait another yeah. day? Because he can claim it anytime yep. if, if he wants to with the team he has. And it's just, you know, a bit of a move. The opportunity was there because I think Yates got dropped a little bit. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, it's what? a real, yeah, it's a real, str- and you've got to be confident if you don't. You have to be yeah, super exactly. confident yeah. that I can take time here, but, you know, maybe the circumstances he sort of, defaultly sort of took it um but it's uh look the other side of it is and i think as someone said uh roglic didn't lose the tour de france pogacar won it yeah absolutely won it convincingly in the Mm -hmm. end he didn't win it by 10 seconds he won it by just shy of a minute yeah he he was the best he switched the table completely. He yeah. was one minute down, 59 seconds down, and then he won it by 59 seconds. It, it, Crazy. When you cast your minds back to that TT, you know, we were, I was so focused on, I was focused on both. That were the two battles, Richie and Lopez. 
and then of course Roglic and and Pogacar. My wife was sitting with me, and my kids were we we're all engrossed in it. And they're saying, "How's the time work? What's what's the time?" Mm-hmm. And you know how you've got the virtual time. And in the end, we agreed. No, it's wrong. They're they're stuffing it up again because they don't have the right times. Yeah. The fact is, the times were right. <laughs> Richie was two minutes ahead of Lopez, almost at the base of the mountain, which mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Yeah. And Pogacar was blasting his way into yellow. It was it was, as Tomo said. Tomo said in his chat to us. It was probably the best theatre we've seen in yeah. a long, long time. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about Richie, uh, the man Richie, Richie, uh, Richie the uh, second. That's how I call him uh, because he's only the second Australian in the whole of history of the sport. You said um, since 1903 uh, when the Tour de France has started to actually step on the podium. We know Cadell Evans did it three times and he won it. He won the race once, of course. Uh, but Richie, this happens at the end of a leader or team leader career. Uh, we know he's going to move on. We're not too sure where yet, but he's oh, not... I've go- got a sneaky rumour. We, no, we, I won't. We have the rumours, yeah. but we don't, no. we're not going to say oh, anything no, in you it. You don't want me to. Okay, all right, I won't. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we think it's Israel. <laughs> we think it's Israel nation. Okay, let's say it. Uh, but we're not too sure. So uh, anyway, um, but we know he's not going to be the leader in the next move he's doing. So that was his last sort of attempt at the Tour de France. And he walks away with a podium and, like we said, with him with a nice photo on the mantelpiece. Yeah, it's. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. And it probably equally as happy for his, his really tight-knit group of people and, you know, the people that... Um, uh, supported him and backed him. Andrew Christie Johnson, he mentioned him. He, he's a been a sort of a stalwart of the domestic scene in Australia as a coach, as a sponsor, mentor to young riders. And I think he deserves a real special mention. So I'm really happy for the people that have backed Richie in because, you know, I think, wow, I don't, I don't know Richie that well, only through, you know, commentating him and, and sort of getting to know him a little bit. But I would have been devastated for him to a degree if he didn't just get one good crack at it. And, you yeah. know, I said that, I've said that to you in the mm-hmm. last few years. He just, he deserves one good crack because of the bad luck. So imagine the, the close-knit people who, imagine how they would have felt if it hadn't, have, if he hadn't have had that good, op, that one opportunity, because they all believed in him, yeah. 100%. So I think that it's what is really pleasing. And, and just let's put our mind to this. Richie is the best of the rest. Roglic and Pogacar were on planet, Pogacar or Roglic, mm. whatever mm. you call it. Mm. Richie. Oh, no, well, well, the Pog, he's he's taken out a mortgage on his own planet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they were just unreal. Yeah. Uh, Richie is best of the rest. Yes. And to finish on the podium, I, I, and I've always said to win the Tour de France or a Grand Tour for that matter, and probably to win, to, uh, sorry, to finish on the podium as well, you have to produce one big day. You can be good. You've got to be good, obviously, for three weeks. You've got to follow the wheels. You can, or you can follow the wheels, but you've got to be good. You've got to be there. You've got to make the splits, and then at one point you have to deliver one big day. And Richie delivered it in the TT. Mm-hmm. He delivered it. He he delivered one of his best time trials, individual time trials, I think, ever. He's won individual time trials before, mm-hmm. but he he was effectively equal second on the stage with Dumoulin. They finished on the same time. Dumoulin got him by four tenths of a second or something, mm-hmm. but. That was, yeah, that was the clincher for Richie, and that's what did it, which was great. Absolutely. Let's listen to Richie Port in a feature-long interview with him. Remember, he was travelling to Paris on the bus, and we were lucky enough to uh, fill the time because he was getting bored. I think on the on the bus or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, we helped him fill the time but anyway. That was a good chat with him. That's Richie Port. Richie, congratulations! I guess it's a. Uh, 
How part of how part of this is a childhood dream becoming real? Yeah, look, it's you know, if, if I think back to growing up watching the tour, um, you know, it, it was always a dream to, to turn professional and to, to make the Tour de France team is one thing, but then to be on the podium um, in Paris, it's just it's unbelievable, and it still really hasn't sunk in, to be honest. It's uh, it's been an amazing race to watch and to call, Richie. Does it feel you've ridden enough now? Does this feel like it's been an amazing race to compete in this year? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's been a, a very special year, you know, with the whole COVID thing and, you know, the level's been so high. Racing's been, you know, every day the racing's been hard. There was a stage that you thought you could maybe, you know, spin the legs and take it a little easier. Then you had Aura coming up, going for green jersey points. And, I mean, it's just been absolutely flat out from the get-go but uh, it's been incredible three weeks obviously you're, you're in the bus on the way to to paris describe a little bit the atmosphere in that bus i believe you you asked to have to, to you had to ask the guys to quiet down a little bit what's the atmosphere in that bus right now oh look i mean we came here with you know definitely not the the strongest team on paper but we every day um you know Mads has been up there, Yasp has been up there in the sprints and everybody's done their part and, you know, we're all just so relieved. Um, you know, for me, I think Kim Anderson as the director here who was my first DS in Saxabank when I turned professional. It just makes it, you know, so, so sweet to, to to finish it off with, you know, with this team in, in such a way. Have you had a chance to speak to your family back in Launceston, and Richie, your parents and friends and sort of, I guess, your your mentors and the people that have sort of, you know, backed you in ever since you turned professional and, and what has their reaction been? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, it's a little bit hard with the, the time difference, but, you know, everyone in, in Tassie is just, um, you know, so so behind me but i guess you know everyone in australia has been fantastic to be honest but you know then you get special messages from guys like andrew christie johnson who kind of plucked me out of nowhere and gave me a bike and you know sent me off to tour of canberra and that's really where it all started for me so to, to have guys like him and stephen price um you know to be able to get a podium and say thanks to them i mean it's it's been some journey and uh, you know there's just so many people behind the scenes but um you know it's just it's just incredible have you have you i mean overnight have you been visualizing this finish line in paris and how you will react once you crossed it and what's going to happen next the first smile you're going to see you know have you have you already pictured that in your mind yeah i mean th this, this is the thing is paris is not a procession you know that's It's not an easy stage. It's um, you know, it's not over until you cross the line. I mean, the, the cobbles. Anyone that's been on the Champs knows how how rough it is. So, you know, we need to, to get it uh, get over the, the finishing line. But I have a pretty good gap now that I can uh, you know take as little risks as possible. And, and the great thing is that the the big boys like uh, Mads and, and Jasper and Eddie can go for for the stage. So. Um, but then for me, uh, probably the most exciting thing is to get on that podium and then get a get a get a plane back tonight, back to Monaco, and, and meet my daughter in the morning. How how good's that going to be? I think uh, 
well, any parent knows it. You've missed the birth and you've, you've discussed that and talked about it. You didn't sit down the back of the bunch and sulk, which was good. We're happy for that. You got on with it. But how good is that going to feel tomorrow or tonight, I should say? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a bit of a reality check that, you know, in 24 hours from now, I'll be on nappy duty. So I think you know, <laughs> straight, straight back to reality. I said that to the boys this morning, you know, the washing's not going to do itself every afternoon. Breakfast and dinner is not going to be made and I'll be on nappy duty. So it's going to be quite the come down. But, you know, I wouldn't change it for, for anything. What do you make of this tour overall? You know, we, we've, as commentators, been extremely excited. We labelled it probably the best tour since 1989. How was it from the inside? You know, the bubble, COVID, the aggressivity in, in the pack, everything. How, how was it from the inside? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and full credit to uh, Visma, uh, Jumbo Visma. They did an incredible race and it was a bit cruel yesterday what happened because they've been absolutely fantastic. But it has been a different race than like the last eight years where we had Sky or Ineos um, totally controlling it. Um, you know, even though Jumbo Visma had it under control, it was never quite the same. But... I've enjoyed it. I think it's been good that, uh, you know, you see a few GC guys get exploded every day, you know, one by one. But, um, you know, then I, then I can't help but think how good Michael Matthews would have been here. He probably would have won three or four stages and been right up there in the green jersey. So for me, that's a bit of a funny one, to be honest, that he wasn't here. And um, just on Jumbo Visma and Roglic, Richie, Already fans and experts and so-called experts that they're giving their opinion on what happened to Roglic. So I'll ask you as a guy in the race, did anything go wrong with Roglic or was he actually just beaten by a young kid who is, you know, something that we have not seen in a hundred years? Yeah. Well, probably haven't seen anything since one year, to be honest with uh, Bernal. But look, I mean, that's the thing. Yesterday was a, a brutally hard time trial. Um, we saw the Slovenian nationals this year that, you know, even though Roglic is one of the best time trialists uh, in the world, hands down, when you throw a climb in like the Slovenian nationals did, uh, Roglic beat him uh, by almost a minute there too. So I just think that Pogacar, you know, he, he's just not afraid to attack. He just takes it on all day every day i don't think um i don't think primos was on the best day and i think you know that's sort of he's had to do every day he's had to do the anti-doping test um i mean i'm not saying anything by that but that's you know that's an hour of his time when the rest of us are in the car on the way to the hotel like they say that the tall's one in your bed you know um so He's obviously not had the recovery time that the rest of us had, so he's at a little bit of a disadvantage. But at the end of the day, I just think Pogacar's just, you know, he's the future. He's, he's absolutely incredible, and that was probably just how it was always going to be. What what sort of, what is, what type of person is Pogacar? Give us a little insight into him. I mean, he's so young. I mean, I look at him and think he's, he's just a baby, but tell us a little bit about him. What's he like? I mean, he's he's one of the most respectful young kids you'll meet. Um, you know, he's, he's he's hard as well. Um, we, you know, Karimi and I came across him this year 
um, you know, in the six hour of training in the heat and he, he tagged on the back of us and, um, you know, he's just a, a good, easygoing kid. I think most of the Slovenian guys are, you know, pretty low key, a little bit like Aussies, a bit laid back and, um, you know, I think he deserves everything he gets. But I also think next year it's going to be hard for him with the number one saddlecloth having all that pressure. You know, you saw it last year with Bernali, he sort of rode a little on the coattails of Garrett Thomas and maybe G did that the same year with Broomey. So I think it's going to be hard to, or harder next year to come and, and back that up. If, if we come back to you, actually, uh, Richie, if you go back to the little five-year-old or eight-year-old or whatever age you, you started cycling, if you had a little word for that little Richie starting on the first climb, probably squaring on the first climb that were hard and so on, you've reached the pinnacle of it. If you had a word for that little Richie as a kid. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I probably, I think it's more to do with my mum and dad, to be honest, you know. I knew what I wanted to do and, and they were always uh, so supportive, you know. For me, it was a big thing to, to get my first road bike and then, you know, try and hide the fact that I was shaving my legs and things like that, you know, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're growing up in, um, in a, you know, a, a house, I've got three brothers and, you know, a very blokey household. But, um, look, I mean, it's, it's just incredible, to be honest, to... I used to sit up watching the tour and SBS with my mum at all hours of the morning. She'd be doing the ironing and, and I'd be watching Stewie and Robbie and, and McGee and these guys, you know, and, 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 and dreaming of doing that. And so it's all, uh, all happens just been an absolute dream. And I think, you know, hopefully there's kids watching SBS that's uh, in 15, 20 years in the same position as me. I guess you're not done yet. Your career is still going, but, you're you're in the tail end. Do you what do you hope to inspire out of Australian kids? Is it to get them on bikes? Is it to get them into sport? You know, you've you've been in the game a long time now. You're mature. I think you can give us a good sort of idea of you know what your legacy will be in this sport. In some ways, yeah. Like, I mean, as long as it's safe, to be honest. And and I just you know, hopefully, kids enjoy it and don't get too caught up in the whole. You know, having to have the best of everything because you don't. I think if you want to make it to be a professional, you have to just enjoy it. But, um, you know, for me, it's just been an absolute brilliant career. Of course, it has its moments. And, of course, you have to move to the other side of the world. But I, I just can't, you know, say enough for, for professional cycling. I know Australia is all about Aussie rules and cricket and, and rugby league. But, um, you know, cycling is only getting bigger and bigger and, um, you know, I think it's uh, you look at young guys like Lucas Hamilton and, and Co. And there's such a good crop coming through. And probably one of the last questions, but what can we expect from you? Uh, because we want more, more and more. What can we expect from you for this end of the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously go to Worlds uh, next week, and you know, I'm not not sure if it's a, a course for myself or. Michael Matthews, but we'll, I guess we'll sort that out when it, when it comes down to it. But then I have flesh and the age and then uh, a little bit more family time. So I'm really looking forward to uh, getting the next few weeks done and um, kicking back and, and having a nice off season and hopefully start again next year in Adelaide and tour down under. Yeah, good stuff, That's Richie. Awesome. You've earned it. Thanks a lot. See you later. Go well, mate. Will do. Cheers. So that was Richie Porte. Uh, it's just... 
you know, I said it at the beginning of this podcast, but he, he, he was so chilled on this uh, Tour de France. Do you think back of his mind, he's thinking, this is how you do it, maybe I'll have another crack or not? <laughs> I'd love him. I'd love him to have another crack. He's 35, <laughs> though. He's, uh, he'll be 36 this time yeah, next but you know year. What, like, He'd be one of the oldest winners if he was able to yeah. do that. But let me uh, let me just put this one out there. Uh, I think the rule book has been thrown out of the window. Pogacar, yeah, 21, winning the it's Tour. True. Does that mean when you're 35, you can't? You know, everything's no, been up in there. Yeah, no, you, 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 absolutely not. He, he's put in his, you know, he's put in his best performance. Yes, he's put in his best performance. I'd argue the two that he crashed out of, he, yeah. was, he would have pushed mm-hmm. a big tilt for victory. Um, but no, he won't. He, I think, I think he doesn't want to. Wear, it's a whole new set of pressure to to actually be that team leader and to commit yourself. You, you still commit yourself as a super domestique, and that's probably what he will be. You know, to one of the big leaders wherever he goes. But it's just not the same level of pressure, yeah. and I don't think he wants to do that anymore. I yeah. think, and I think he's. You know, he's a. I think he's a realist. He's really matured, and he's like, no, no, this is this is my last big tilt at it. I want to give it a big crack, and then you know, I'll be changing teams. And so, no, I think he's really level-headed about it. Absolutely, so he's in a good place. He's in a happy place. Yep. Yeah. Uh, ranking out of ten for this Tour de France, a good, a good nine. <sighs> it was there was a lot. Well, if I base it on all the tours I've watched and worked mm-hmm. on, and for me, it goes back to, you know, and without seeing vision, but the Phil Anderson days. This is, it's and, and it's hard to compare. But it's, it's up there. Yeah, and this is live TV. This is, <laughs> oh, it's equal first. It's equal first mm-hmm. with that other one that I won't mention. <laughs> <laughs> the one that we don't mention in the year 1989. <laughs> we are forbidden. The one, the one not to be spoken about. <laughs> I know, it's become a real sore point, hasn't it? <laughs> it is for me, mate. And I was 14. And I'm still, I'm still carrying still the scarf. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the rest of the cycling. Lauren Kitchen, which was a, a guest on our podcast. Yes. She did very well. Yes, this is awesome. This is so good. Uh, Grand Prix Isberg, which is a... A, a fairly big one-day race up in northern France, and there's a men's and women's version. Um, firstly, Chloe Hosking sprinted, powered her way to victory. So Chloe was super, super-duper in winning that. And Lauren Kitchen, I think it's her first race back. I think it her is. Her first she said, race back, yeah. what a star, third in a bunch kick. So she's lost no fear. Um, her, her dislocated shoulder or what she did, her injury, there's obviously she's recovered from that fully. That is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And that'll give her a big, big sort of kick. And I, I messaged her as soon as I saw it, I messaged her on social and said, Wow, awesome. You know, what a comeback. And she said, Yeah, thanks, Macca. Bring on the classics. And remember in our chat we talked about Paris yeah. Roubaix? I, I I don't know. I reckon that race is built for her. Yeah. Well she's built be. for it, I yeah. should say. So yeah, uh, let's let's watch Lauren and let's watch all the Aussie girls. But yeah, special special soft spot there for Lauren. Great to see her back. Absolutely, and then a, a lot more cycling coming up on SBS. So we won't detail everything because there's actually too much to detail. Uh, but we start with the World Championship. Crazily enough, starting what Thursday or something in the next few days. <laughs> Can you believe it? Uh, World champs, I, two yeah. more Grand Tours, yeah. and all the cl- monuments to come. I know, like the season has even started, and, and they're in late September. Yeah. <laughs> but the World Championship, which have been moved to to Italy, Imola, yeah. we know uh, Amanda Spratt, for example. We still don't know; she's still uncertain if she's going to be on the she's starting line. She's recovering. Or not. I got I got a message from Amanda this morning, actually, because um, oh, I, did you? I pushed. She, yes, <laughs> oh, Spratty. Yeah, she messaged me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
listen, groupies. <laughs> We're trying to outgroupie each other. Um, no, but no, I was a bit cheeky. I, I asked her for an interview and I said, look, don't don't feel like you have to, but, you know, people, we all want to hear from her, don't we? And look, she said, no, she said, I need to rest. I need to rest my brain. I need to rest my, um, you know, my body. And she's recuperating, which is great because she did suffer a bit of concussion. So I think it's a... I guess it's a, a little bit of a race against time. I don't think that's a secret. So let's hope she's well. And she, if she takes to the start line, I think she'll be really good. Yep. Uh, I think she'll be ready to go. She, there'll be no sort of half-cocked you know, performance. Yeah. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. So, so much cycling ahead of us, starting with the world. Uh, please make sure you check out the uh, Cycling Central website uh, to understand where and what and what's playing and what time and which region and etc. So that's why it's too long for us to mm. to uh, to say anything about the, the actual date and times. Uh, but check out the website sbs.com slash cycling central. Uh, one last mention, Maka. This podcast has been awesome for the last three weeks. It's been yeah. almost like, we were not in France, but it's almost like we were. It, it, you'd, you'd come into the studios here in Fed Square and you'd sort of disappear from the world, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. that's what it felt like for mm-hmm. me. And even yesterday after our, our final uh, video one, I was, you know, it was sort of like, wow, we've just completed our big one. I ran outside and I went, oh, I'm back in Melbourne. <laughs> it was a little bit sad. Yeah. But no, it's been awesome. Well done to you. You have... Thank you. Stepped it up, and I knew you were on a good thing, so I thought I better jump on his wheel. This is this is looking pretty good. I better get on the wheel. The four of us sprinter you pockets, up. I filled my pockets with food and beverage, and um, I've survived. I, I made it. a mistake yesterday because uh, I thanked everybody, oh, and I forgot to yeah. thank Gabriel. I was, I was gonna I was gonna throw you under the bus, but you've thrown yourself I, I know, under. I know. <laughs> no, we both. I can't believe. We forgot the legend that he is, Gab- Gabs. And did you see his lovely message? Brilliant. On social to all of mm-hmm. us, and including Yam Brahimi. Yeah. He's just, Gabs, you are an absolute legend. We'll take him for dinner. Yeah, uh, lunch we're at taking you out. We're taking you out for a big boozy lunch, <laughs> a, a real French boozy lunch. Uh, champagne, red wines. Creamy. As soon as this mess is finished. Oh, yeah, yeah. No yeah, problem. Absolutely. But yeah, sorry, Gabriel. Gabriel was one of our guests, actually. Overall, we had 20 guests, over 23 podcasts, we, which was. We, Awesome. I don't know. I think we should retire. Yeah, no. We've, we've no, hit no, the pinnacle. No, no, no we don't. We won't. No. I mean, when you get when you get guys like the host of the Bachelorette. I mean, that's that's big time. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, anyway, that was great. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoyed uh, what we've done at the Tour de France, don't hesitate. I don't often say this, but don't hesitate to put a little star or a little thumbs up or anywhere you're listening to this podcast because, believe me, we, we actually do check some of them uh, and it's nice to, to understand if you guys like it or if you don't. So feel free to leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Uh, that's always very, very welcome. Thank you, Maka. I think it's time to rest until uh, the next podcast. We are. About a couple of weeks, I think. Oh, yeah. We'll do it all again. We'll talk about uh, all things cycling and all things World Championship after the World Championship. But in the meantime, enjoy them on SBS. Uh, this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app, and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.